Well, here we go. It's Thursday, 2 p.m. or thereabouts. <laughs> Welcome to the What's Right Show with Sam and Ash. You're on News Talk AM 840 KXNT. Ash, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? Oh, perfect. Yeah, Friday in sight. I feel great. It's been a good week. Positive. Any Got- updates on your costume? Um, no, okay, so the kids all had their dress-up day today at school because tomorrow is Nevada Day, so no school tomorrow. And um, I'm in bed. I'm just, I just was dozing off again. I had a late night last night. Dozing off again. The dogs were asleep, and my son walks in in his Napoleon costume, and my dogs went berserk and started barking like crazy, and they woke me up, and I've um, – that was not the way I wanted to start my day. But, yeah, it's, uh, the costume's pretty legit. Of course, I've got my – Ava, my youngest, is a devil, and Vera is going as Creepy Pasta, I think, some character from Creepy Pasta, which I didn't know what that was either, but apparently it's a cartoon and um, a little dark. But uh, she's my artist, and that's what she does, so whatever. Anyway, yeah, so costumes. How's Rocky's costume? Rocky's great. He's got a couple he's been wearing around the office. People are loving it. But the real question is your costume. Oh, well, okay. I'm supposed to be (laughs) – you're making me tell this. I'm supposed to be a baby. Yes, I got a baby costume. It's a giant fat baby. It's got a little pump in it. It's gonna. It's inflatable. I haven't tried it on yet. I assume. I assume it's one size fits all. (laughs) I hope so. Um, So that's my costume. And okay. are you dressing up? Yeah, you're dressing up. That's right. Remind everybody what you're yeah. doing. Cause so it's- Rocky has a hatred towards blankets, towels, everything like that. So it's fitting. He will be a little bull and I will be a matador. So it's going to be perfect. Um, but on another note, great news. I think we talked about it earlier this week. Maybe on Monday's show, the Mountain Ridge Little League, they had a break into their candy shack or their snack shack, and about $6,500 worth of equipment was stolen. Audio equipment, scoreboard, sweatshirts, snacks, the like. A GoFundMe was started um, trying to uh, you know, recoup the loss, and actually the great news is they've far exceeded that. As of Tuesday, there were $16,125 donated. So um, they've definitely exceeded their goal of $6,500. They will replace it all. And uh, so great result. Yeah. And I believe, you know, we heard from a number of listeners that, uh, that listened to the show and, and were um, felt compelled to, uh, or, or inspired to give some money. And we appreciate you. Thank you. This is um, another example of how generous and incredible our community is. Southern Nevada is really one of the most generous places, and it bears out statistically, but but certainly from what I've, I notice coming here is it's just an uh, incredible amount of generosity and kindness and neighborhood good spirits and feels. So I, I love this. Thank you. Yeah, just wanted to update the listeners. Yeah, good stuff. Now, speaking of good spirits or maybe bad spirits <laughs> combined with feels – Former yes. new governor Cuomo from work. Excuse me. Let me try that one more time. Former New York governor Cuomo was finally charged. Criminal charges dropping today. It's kind of suspicious how this all happened. Not suspicious, but kind of odd because they were supposed to get permission from the victim to release this and to, to, to put these charges forward. Apparently, they haven't gotten that. Somebody jumped the shark over there. So regardless – uh, he is being formally charged for a sex crime, for unlawfully touching 
one of the one of his accusers. This is, by the way, there's nothing new contained in this indictment than we already knew. This came out in the attorney general report. It was there. Uh, but I think it just renews certainly a conversation about all of this. And it reminds me, Ashley, of our dinner last night. You and I went together with a friend here from town to Delilah last night. Can we say that word still? Delilah? <laughs> yeah, we can say Delilah. It was good. Oh, it was fabulous. Uh, it, it, the food was exceptional. I, I take issue with our friend John Curtis, who will be here tomorrow uh, to defend his honor. Uh, just <laughs> kidding. Um, he's going to talk about a couple restaurants to go see this weekend or this coming weekend. So just um, at any rate, he's going to be here tomorrow. But the food was really good. It was loud. So some of the conversation when when – when our friend, when he was talking to you, and I couldn't hear him very well, but we actually, before all of this occurred, we got to the conversation of, well, f- sexual harassment, and it was it was a- it was actually a fascinating conversation. How did that start? Where, oh, did, where well, did it come about? Our friend, he was going, how, how must it be being a female litigator, a lawyer, a female lawyer? She, he was like, that, that, can't, that has to be just grueling. You must be getting uh, dismissive remarks and comments from your colleagues all the time, and it must be exhausting. Uh-huh. Do people ask you that a lot? You know, I, less so now, but yeah, you know, it's a, it's a topic of discussion. Okay. And, and so what did you say? You know, it's interesting. I approach this topic. um, It it all depends. If someone is dismissive or makes comments to me, calls me honey, sweetie, miss, um, and it's somewhat derogatory in a way. If it's about me personally, my profession, my career, what I'm trying to do, that's a problem. That's absolutely a problem. But generally, when I experience it, it's a in a negotiation context where another lawyer is trying to dismiss my arguments, but he'll call me. He's like, sweetie, sweetie, like, listen here. This is what's going on in a case. And I will make a note of it, but I don't stop the conversation to then immediately address that and shut it down, be like, you're you're harassing me and you're discriminating because I'm a female. Why not? Because it's not productive. I, I want to see how the conversation ends. I've got a, I've got a client that I'm representing. And so I can't let my ego and my personal beliefs get in the way of that. If I can still get a successful result for my client or even a beneficial, like a a more successful result because I'm a female, I'll use it. I'm not going to let this comment get in the way of that. So somewhere, by the way, that's fascinating. I was at, before I actually get to the next part. Um, I, let me ask you, do you do, so do you feel that men of other male lawyers in, in, in our field sometimes underestimate you? And the second part of that question would be, do you think that, do you use that to your advantage? Yeah. And yeah, I, you, in life, you always, you always have, you should be in rooms where you are not the smartest and the brightest in there. But so, yeah, sometimes they look, they use it to my dis. They look down on me because I'm a female. I'm also young. Um, so, I use that though. I, I kind of jujitsu it. I learned that in law school, and so I I enjoy the the struggle. I enjoy the challenge, and more often than not, I get a great result for my client, and I don't even care about the the stupid comment. I don't let it get in the way. Yeah, you know, the funny thing is, is I, I mean, I know you, so I've and I've seen you do this, and I've seen it happen in real time, and I. I I always just laugh because I these poor guys don't know what's coming. You're, you're three times smart as they are, and if not more, and and they're underestimating you. And I think they're I just see it. I go ooh, d- 
do. You're, you're walking yourself into a trap to the disadvantage of your position, your argument, and, and I, I see that. Now, so this – I, I kind of missed that beginning. Like I said, it was really loud. The music was playing. But then something else happened yesterday that suddenly you were talking about – well, it's a guy, and you reminded me. It's a guy I know. It's a creepy guy, okay? I, I give you that. And I guess you're talking about how he had – in a, a semi-professional setting at a gathering after work, he put his hand somewhere. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, he was whole, put his hand on my butt. And he was just standing there. We were standing at a bar. There's a group of us. It was crowded. And, he, and I was just like, this is funny. Like, this is just kind of like weird. But our friend who's, you know, in his 50s. Yeah. And he, you know, is a, is a how would I describe? He's a great guy, but a, a very, um, you know, an, an advanced thinking, sentient man, you know, left of center, right? Very, yeah. very concerned. With you know me too and 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 men being respectful and all that's great, but he was like aghast. I mean, it was like, oh my god, what did you do? Oh, unreal. And yeah, he said I basically took the female gender back ten years by letting the guy do it. And, he was, and and that was and see this now you are you're this is what's fascinating. And I I was offended by it. I was like, what gives you the right to figure out what my boundaries are, what I'm comfortable with? As a woman, I need to make my own choices. I need to make my own boundaries. And and I need to tell people what's okay and what's not okay. If I was truly offended or appalled by this guy's behavior, I would have removed his hand. I didn't care. It was whatever. He wasn't getting anything. It wasn't making any type of insinuation to anyone around us. No one could tell. I think he was just trying to hold himself up because he was a little too intoxicated. But yeah, so I I thought it was a little interesting that a guy wants to tell me how I should feel about sexual harassment. Yeah, I think boundaries are very personal. And I, what my response was, I think, and this is true is that is that a an assault is a as a as a harmful or offensive touching without privilege or consent that's the legal definition and as a consequence in in at least when it comes to you and where you're coming from it's subjective what is harmful is subjective to you and you're you're the holder of that you define your boundaries and it was funny to me and i think that's what's happened in this movement that i feel more of a bystander, and honestly, I, I just feel like other people want to redefine what boundaries are. And and that was the other part of the argument, which we may have to get to if we do uh, after this quick break, is that we, you know, what, you know, what, to what extent are other people's redefinition of your boundaries, Ash, what you should or should not be comfortable with, to what extent is that actually affecting you and other women and other people negatively or, or setting them back. And I, I, I said, so it's actually ironic that some of the people that want to help and are, is, you know, I guess putatively they're, they're progressive and, and forward thinking and, and woke, they actually end up, you know, not being, being counterproductive to, to, to you and to, to what you want in life. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the most critical message here is we need to empower women empower victims to speak up and to speak up to someone and that they will handle your complaints 
responsibly. And we've we've just now heard with the NHL, you know, the NHL's facing a lot of this, and we've heard about it with the National Women's Soccer League. We hear about it, you know, Cuomo. Um, that's part of it is yeah. is being able to report yeah. it and those reports being handled appropriately. And that will empower people and kind of balance everything out. But for someone else to tell everyone else how to feel or how to behave, it's just it's not right. And actually, you, the argument, of course, is that for years the, the people were told, well, that's not a big deal. That's not this. And people said, well, but no, but I – I don't think you should define what makes me comfort- comfortable or uncomfortable because I was uncomfortable. And now it's actually going to the other extreme where like, Ash, you should have been uncomfortable. You should not be okay with that. And you're going, well, wait a minute. Let me be the, the decision behind that or the decision maker in that. Um, all right, we're going to take a quick break. I just want to uh, – we have an, a very interesting guest. Lori Rogich is coming on with us um, at bottom of the hour. Lori and, and her husband have a daughter – uh, who was uh, a student at um, in Clark uh, County School District, and there was a big fight. And if you're a parent, listen, if you're a parent, you have a kid, you're in public school, maybe you're not in public school, but you know, you've, you've, you've felt powerless against the machine. You will want to hear from, from Lori and what she has to say. It's fascinating. She'll be here with us at the bottom of the hour. All right, don't go anywhere. Ash and I will be right back. You're listening to What's Right Show. Uh, on News Talk AM 840 KXNT. Talk to you soon. Make your mornings right. Glenn Beck at 6. Vegas at 8 with Alan Stock and Dana at 9. Breaking news, thought starters, and opinions for Southern Nevada. News Talk 840 KXNT. Stay connected. All right. This is the What's Right Show with Sam and Ash. I'm Sam. I'm Ash. And we're here live as usual this time on News Talk AM 840 KXNT. Controversy, not something we necessarily are afraid of. Uh, By the way, that's the kind of lawyer you want. Uh, If you want a lawyer that (laughs) that just goes along uh, and and goes with the flow, then they're probably not going to stand up for you. So we, we're, we, we're delving into this touchy topic here. Literally touchy. Touchy, because we, we got into a very interesting conversation last night we wanted to share with you. Uh, so the guy, recap this for us, Ash. I, uh, the, guy, the guy basically said, as a woman, as a female lawyer, it must be exhausting because all of the men must, you know, diminish you or talk down to you and just make it very difficult for you to, to do your job. And I had to tell him, no. I mean, sure, there is some level of, co- there's just comments, you know, sweetie, honey, missy, okay. Um, that stuff It'll bother me if it's on my personal account. If they're trying to prevent me from getting a job position, a seat on a board or something like that because I am a woman and they're dismissing me in that sense, sure, I'm going to have a problem with that. But when I hear those comments when I'm practicing and I'm negotiating on behalf of a client, I don't necessarily – I don't acknowledge those comments or stop the conversation right then to address it and say it's unacceptable because it's not productive. If I can have a successful conversation at the end, my client walks away with a great result and I happen to have to tolerate some old geezer calling me honey and missy, that's a win for my client. I can't let my ego and my personal beliefs on how this man should talk get in the way of my client. So that's kind of where I I went with it. And he was had a 
he was pretty interested and he was like that's actually a great approach as long as you're comfortable with it and you have your eye on the prize whether it's your livelihood or it's your client's position that that's all that matters so i i think that's fascinating i i also think it's a recurring theme of our show we talk about this over and over again the importance of being resilient you know resiliency is the process or the state of being of 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 bending not breaking and it's very important in a world that is filled with creepy terrible people and and in some cases like cuomo frankly looks like outright predators you know it's it's very easy to to have it break you and to have it stop you dead in your tracks uh there has to be obviously accountability for people that go around assaulting others Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's and that's critical. But I'm just gonna say. But at the same time, you know, those of us who've been in that position, frankly, m- me included, and I shared with you my story last night. It's you don't. You've got to move. Be, you've got to find ways to to heal and move beyond it, and to still function, and to and to and to I, I guess triumph over the situation. It's one thing I tremendously admire about you. I think. You are a remarkably strong human. I would say not everyone is as strong as you are, uh, and I think that's something to be certainly aware of. But but at the same time, you're you're you're, I mean, you're better f- f- for having that strength, and and you're certainly uh, you're certainly remarkable. So I I it's just it was a I said this is a very interesting topic and one that you don't always. I don't know. People don't always talk about this candidly, and it gets lost in this, in this just noise of me too, me too, me too. The nuance, the subtlety of it, the 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 personal aspect of it, the the resiliency aspect of it, oftentimes is lost. Yeah, and that's part of what I'm trying to convey here is what I'm okay with is not necessarily what someone else is okay with, and that's fine. Um, but what we need to do is a society is make sure that if someone's not okay with something they have an ability and the confidence to stand up for themselves to say no and to for that no to be respected but then also for them to have somewhere to go and report it or tell someone and then for actions to be taken to protect them because i do recognize that it's not always an equal playing field it's not always a power balance system and so that that's what really matters is when someone makes a report that the people responsible handle it appropriately and address it appropriately because that is ultimately what's right right. yeah you know i'll tell you what's not right is the news coming out here also today kyle beach reveals that he is the player suing the chicago blackhawks over sex assault Uh, he came forward publicly as the man who filed a lawsuit against the hockey team over how the organization mishandled his sexual assault allegations uh, he grossly filed, mishandled and, and this story by the way it's going to develop we will get into it further uh subs as as it develops I mean, there's huge legal aspects to it obviously and and this is your go-to place to have these things unpackaged by a couple of reasonable lawyers that you happen to know from the billboards around town so <laughs> yeah. we will definitely follow this story and and give you our take on it uh, but obviously from what i'm seeing right now despicable stuff all right when we come back we have a special guest with us, uh, Lori Rogich. Now, Lori is just like many of us. She's a parent, uh, had a kid in the Clark County School District, a daughter, and um, 
and and she had some problems with the schools and uh, shocking yeah right exactly and in this process Lori ended up having to sue to assert her daughter's rights and and their rights frankly as parents to have what's right happened for her daughter. I, I want you to hear the story because it's, first of all, it's inspiring. I, I love when there is a, a degree of success that we have against the system as parents. Uh, as you know, if you listen to the show, that we're you know huge advocates for parental rights and, and for kids getting what's right in this community. Not always something that you get from our school district here. So we will talk about all this. Lori will be with, on with us next. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. Uh, We're going to have a little break and then back for more Sam and Ash. You're listening to What's Right Show with Sam and Ash on News Talk AM 840 KXNT. Alan Stock here. I'm a veteran radio broadcaster here in the Las Vegas area for over 22 years. What's Right with Sam and Ash is a show to listen to, something to not miss. Every weekday live for one hour starting at 2 p.m. right here on AM840 KXNT. You can also get more of Sam and Ash, my legal team, on my Vegas Today show every Tuesday morning at 8.30. So stay tuned in because you deserve what's right. You are in the right place. The What's Right Show here on News Talk AM 840 KXNT with Sam and Ash. I'm Sam. I'm Ash. People get us confused from time to time. They call me Ash. They call you Sam. I guess both plausible names for the opposite sexes, genders, whatever, however we're supposed to describe that. <laughs> um, funny enough, though, so that's why we I like to from time to time uh, remind people who the Sam is and who the Ash is. So now people know I'm the Sam, and secretly I'm just running around town introducing myself <laughs> as Sam, <laughs> so that when complaints are filed, or, you know, this Sam person was really mean to me. Okay, well now I know your tricks, so I'll I'll uh, expect a response. <laughs> All right, friends, we have uh, on the phone with us a a uh, really a wonderful person. Uh, welcome to the show, uh, Lori Rogich. Lori. Um, are you there? Can you hear me? Yes, I am. Thank you for having me. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for joining us. Lori, so a lot of people, I think, in the Valley have not heard about your story yet, but I think they need to because you went through, you and your husband, your family, your daughter, you guys went through hell uh, and and really you know, came, I think, as, as most of us do – uh, before we're proven otherwise, we we go to the, we have kids, we send them to school, we expect that you know if certain things need to happen that they happen and that that and we we approach this as I think you know palms up as as we can and 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 then it's a surprise when the bureaucracy completely fails us right. So take us through if you don't mind. There's some background to this. There's a recent court decisions. That's why we're talking now. It's in the news. And we want to spread the good word. But but leading up to that, before we get to the result, tell us a little bit about what happened, some of the background here. Well, we had to split up our family in order to take our daughter out of state to attend a school that provided her with the services that she required. Our daughter has dyslexia and uh, other learning disorders. 
During that time, I was advised that our school district may be violating her rights for failing to provide the services for her to receive an education. With that being said, I then contacted the Clark County School District and asked them to help us so that we could come home. And when I say we, I mean my daughter and I. So we were commuting to and from Nevada so that we could be with my husband and our other children. I also own my own business, and it was a very difficult time. And what we did after we contacted the school district, we then started to attend IEP meetings with them and requested that they provide the services. We even offered to pay for special education teachers trained in the methodology, to be trained in the methodology that my daughter responds to, and the district responded with an absolute not. So in the interim, we had teachers trained at a private school in Las Vegas so that we could return home. After a few years, those teachers left. We again spoke to the school district and asked for help. They were very difficult and would not provide the services that she needed to continue to progress and to succeed in school. So eventually it reached a point that we had to again send her out of state for an education. At that time, she was independent enough to attend a boarding school, and so we sent her to the Purnell School in New Jersey. There she received the required services, graduated from high school, and is now a freshman at the University of Utah in Salt Lake City. Um, yeah, Lori, just so I just to be clear about this, because I think a lot of people, you know, this to you, you've been living this day to day. So you, this is all you know. This you know every aspect of this. Uh, for for the for those listening, you know, you you this whole thing started. Your your daughter, your kids. I assume they all went to Clark County Schools. They've all been in, enrolled in Clark County Schools. Um, I, I I don't know that for certain. Is that is that the case? All your kids have gone to Clark County Schools. Uh, the younger ones, yeah. The younger ones, okay. So, the ones. and so they, so you, you sent your your daughter to school, and then you know, like like many of us find out, you know, your, your our child children have a certain you know learning problem or not a problem, but a, just an, a different way of just a need, things up, a different a need. need. And so you right. find this out, and and my understanding is you 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 tried to work with the school district, right? You tried to get an accommodation from the school district. Oh, we certainly did, and um, in fact, it's it's interesting that you bring that up because. When you have a child that learns differently and you suspect that there are certain issues and certain services that could be provided, you turn to the school district, and the school district has a process in place in which you have to go to a department called Child Find. And one of the things that we discovered during uh, the first trial in this matter is that the individual who assessed our daughter was not trained in dyslexia nor was she uh, ever worked with a child in dyslexia. So here was a woman who was writing IEPs for thousands of children over and just, 25 just years cut, just and had never worked with a child with dyslexia, yet she was writing an IEP and recommending the services that should be put into that IEP for our daughter to succeed. Uh, it was just jaw-dropping. And... and um, I'm going to allow, we have also Hillary Freeman on the phone. She is our special education lawyer, and I'd like to have Hillary uh, come in and, and discuss the, the legal perspective of this. Well, but, yeah, but before, uh, hold one on. One of the other yeah. things, Sam, is I do want to yeah. say that when we started, this has been eight years of dealing with the school district. It finally took us eight years to receive this ruling. It's been a very long journey, and this is one of the strategies that the school district uses. It uses, uh, you know, so that people... 
what happens is they exhaust people's resources. In other words, they drag out these litigations. You can't afford it. It's, it's so expensive. And also, the child age, ages out of the system eventually. Our daughter is 19 years old, and we finally got a ruling. Yeah, it's no, just, I get it. I get it. Lori, just hold on one second. Let me just – let me cut in here because I need to – we need to understand this. So, um, so, so this – right, this is a person that is uh, employed by the district, is making, I assume – Good money working. It's our money, by the way, our tax dollars. Oh, sure. And she's a school district employee. And completely unqualified, as in like on paper, literally not qualified to do the work that she's supposed to be doing. Work, by the way, and we can get later then with with Hillary into it, but work that literally has – there's federal law and state law that that requires a certain amount of competency in that role in order for – each child's rights and needs to be met. Well, and Lori, what we keep hearing is the IEP. And just so people understand, this woman that worked for the school district was in charge of coming up with what's called an individual education program for your daughter to help her succeed throughout her, her schooling and that she was totally unqualified to do it. And you had actually, your family, you had presented independent evaluations of your daughter and what her needs, what she required. And despite those independent evaluations, the IEPs that the school district provided you and your family for your daughter didn't even include that, didn't even come near that. And and I think that's what we're getting at is the person making these decisions had no qualifications. They were out of their depth, totally unequipped to make this important life decision for your daughter. Uh, this person was one of a team of individuals employed by the school district. So uh, we had to deal with this individual because we were told in order to uh, determine whether she needed this services, we had to go to this person who tested her, assessed her, and then uh, – identified the learning disorders that she had or has, and then made recommendations to the IEP team. And um, so, of course, our, our question was, well, how, if you're not, if you never worked with a child with dyslexia and you're not trained to identify dyslexia, how is it that you're writing recommendations to the team to incorporate exactly. into an IEP? And um, at that point, it, it just, it's just stunning. It is Unreal. Stunning. Unreal. And it's and under I, oath, guys. It's, yeah. We have it. It's, it's their witness uh, that testified under oath, and it was jaw-dropping. Uh, I, I think the part of this, too, for people to realize is that this happened to you, and I, and I, think, in, I think you are representative in your treatment of every parent. I mean literally every parent in the school district because I think that the school district is failing us. It's a broader conversation, but what I see here… I see here is also uh, you guys are a family that is connected in public education. I mean, your husband, correct me if I'm wrong, but he was a, a chairman of the Public Education Foundation. And, For and 25 years. And, yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. Sig Rogich, your husband, I can say this, has literally a middle school named after him yeah. in Summerlin. I would like to say a blue ribbon school, by the way. There you go. And I, and so I, what I want people to understand is if this is the way they're treating you, and not putting you on a pedestal, I'm just saying you guys know the system. You guys know the school district. You're sophisticated players. You get it. You know what you're doing. You're, you're advocates you know, for, your, for your children, but you, you know how to play the game, uh, so to speak. What are they doing 
to the parents who have who aren't connected, who don't have the sophistication to fight and these or the resources to fight these battles. To me, that part of this is totally scandalous. It's it it's literally outrageous. It's outrageous conduct. And, it and is. I think so, that the, this is Hillary Freeman. Yeah. Um, and I think that the reason that they were doing this, um, specifically with the roguish family, is because they did not want to set a precedent that parents could dictate methodology. And uh, what's, what's really important here is that the IDEA doesn't say that parents can dictate methodology. The IDEA says that the, I, the methodology should go into the IEP when a student requires it. Um, it has nothing to do with whether the parents are asking for it or the district is asking for it. It needs to go in the IEP when a student requires it to receive a free and appropriate public education. Yeah, and Hil- I want to uh, get to this. If you don't mind, uh, mm-hmm. if you don't mind, Hillary and, and Lori, to, to stay with us through the break because I want to get to this precisely. I'll take you my, – my take on it, frankly, as a parent here in town is that the bureaucracy takes precedence over us parents. And the needs of our kids, and and I, you know, that's my opinion. I'll, I'll you know let you guys respond when we come back. But I mean, that to me is the scandal of all of this. And I hope everyone listening here is 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 hanging on every word because this matters. All right, please please uh, hang on for us if you don't mind. You're listening to the What's Right Show with Sam and Ash here on News Talk AM 840 KXNT. Hey, Las Vegas, this is Sherry Swensk, weather anchor for 8 News Now. Good day. Make sure you get your day underway with me mornings during Vegas at 8. And listen for the Valley's most accurate forecast throughout the day on News Talk 840 KXNT. Salmon Ash Injury Law has been named the official injury attorneys of the Henderson Silver Knights. Salmon Ash Injury Law, they care, they help, you win. 702-820-1234 or SalmonAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right. All right, you're listening to the What's Right Show with Sam and Ash here on News Talk AM 840 KXNT. On the phone is Lori Rogich. Uh, Lori and her husband have a daughter who uh, really just got the short end of the stick from Clark County School District. Um, apparently, there was a, 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 a special needs situation where a, a, a designated person with the, depart- with the district in a particular department that should have specialized knowledge and ability and credentials to handle these type of plans. Person was totally unqualified, blew the family off, and and resulted in. And Lori, correct me if I'm I'm wrong here, but this was an enormously expensive undertaking, four hundred fifty-six thousand plus dollars that you spent for private schools and other related services. Um, th- this is just outrageous. So I, we've got a couple of minutes, and we appreciate you uh, being here with us. Your attorney, Hillary, on the phone as well. I wonder now if you guys could just tell us quickly, you, you, wanted, to, you wanted to make this right. You wanted to do the right thing. You wanted to fight for you and also to fight for, frankly, for, for setting a precedent here for other families who might be in a similar uh, situation. So you, you filed suit. Tell me a little bit about that. And what the net, what the end result was last week? Uh, well, when we, yeah, uh, um, when we filed 
the due process, we filed under a few different claims. We um, There was Section 504 of the Rehabilitation Act, um, and then there was the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act. Um, and what we were essentially arguing was that OR needed or required a certain structured literacy intervention in order to access and benefit from her education. So, um, and so access is under Section 504. Um, and then uh, the IDEA, it was where we're talking about benefit. They, she has the right to specially design instruction to benefit from her education. So, uh, so we were so, so by what we argued in federal court and throughout was that the failure to in, in implement the methodology or include the methodology in the IEP was discrimination under Section 504. And yeah, okay, but, but let me let me hold on to Hillary. Hillary, Hillary, one second. Like sure. this is all. I mean, this we were lawyers, so we're but we're not talking. We're not talking amongst ourselves. We're talking to everyone else, and we yep. got to turn this into English. Basically. I mean, you, you, there. The problem here was is that there's a certain way that school districts are required, right? They're required to handle these situations, and and there and there's a certain uh, you know required skill set by the people handling it. So what what you you know what you dis, you did is you you filed a legal action to get the school district to. To do this and to do what's you know, like we always say here, to do what's right, and and make this right for for Lori's daughter, and and I, I guess let me ask one thing here that I think everybody wants to know is how long did that process take? I mean, what what are we what are we from the time you first took this to court? How how long did this take to to resolve? Uh, it took about six years, um, oh my and gosh. The, I, it was. Delayed a bit due to COVID, um, we actually finished yeah. the hearing, uh, the, the federal court trial um, in, over a year ago, and we uh, and the judge put the decision on the record verbally, but we didn't get the written decision until a few weeks ago. Wow. Now, can I just ask, if there was one thing that you'd recommend that CCSD needs to do moving forward, what would that change be? Um, pay attention to students' needs and really learn about the disabilities um, because this was something that was would have been very pretty simple to remediate and they overlooked it. And as a result, um, they now are on the hook for a lot of money and they, they could have, if they just have teachers who are trained in this intervention, um, one teacher, they could impact four students an hour. And it costs about a thousand dollars to train the teacher in this intervention in the, in the level one intervention, wow. um, and and they could affect four people an hour, and uh, and they didn't do that. I want to tell you that as as a parent again, as a parent in this community, I am grateful to you for having fought the fight. I hope this wakes them up. I I know that lawsuits and and you know and rulings against you know, against the, the wrongdoer has a way at times of impacting behavior and changing policy. So I see that as being, you know, as, as being one outcome here beside obviously a win for your family and making right your tremendous loss in all of this. You're not going to get all those years back, Lori, commuting back and forth. It must have been terrible. Uh, my, our family did that for a while. And I, I tell you, it's no fun. And I, I get it. I, I feel for you. Um, I'm I'm really though grateful to you guys for having fought the fight. 
Well, thank you for saying that. It's It's been a hard journey, a long journey. And mm-hmm. uh, when you have a child that learns differently, it's very difficult. And you want to do everything that you possibly can to help this child succeed. Well, uh, no. What we would love to see is the school district read the opinion, pay close attention to what the judge stated, and think about perhaps allocating some of the money to training the people at Child Fine so that they understand um, how to test and assess for uh, learning disorders, be able to identify those learning disorders, and be able to make the proper recommendations for services to the IEP team. Thereafter, once the IEP is finalized, to have the teachers trained to implement the services that are required for a child to succeed in school. That's all we've always asked for. Mm -hmm. And I do believe it has to start at that level in order to make change. Um, I just want you to know, too, that even though our daughter is grown now and and she's moved on to college, that in the event the school district does decide to challenge this and appeal, I will continue the fight. I think that there is something fundamentally wrong when a family has to split up in order to receive an education for their child when the school district can easily accommodate that. So I think I'm I'm um, here and I'm not going away, guys. I, I, I really appreciate it. Um, Lori, thank you. Hillary, thank you for joining us. I really appreciate you having on you guys well, coming thank on. Thank you for today. discussing this. It's a very important topic. And um, I also want you to know, and, and your audience as well, and, and thank you for allowing us to share this. We have received such an outpouring of inquiry, and there are people that are they're just going through heartbreaking journeys of their own. And so I've talked to Hillary, and she has agreed to come and do a speech, uh, speaking engagement, and we will provide that free to the public so that it will um, allow folks to have a Q&A with Hillary, and uh, perhaps that might help. Okay, wonderful. Great. That's super. And, and, yeah, and we'll keep in touch, and we're going to put that up on our social for you guys. Okay? All right, wonderful. Thank you so much for being on with us. Yeah, what a, what a crazy story, and, and Ash, honestly, I think to me – a lot of this is um, really just comes down to a very poorly managed, large, un, uh, unmanageable, grotesquely huge school district yep. with little oversight. Yeah, and so Lori and Sig, they're fighting the great fight. They're doing what's right, and they're not only making, hopefully going to result in change within the school district, but also they're empowering other families that are going through this. All right. Do you have a quick Sammy on the spot for me? I do. Round out the day. Okay. Here it is quickly. PETA urging MLB, Major League (laughs) Baseball, to rename the bullpen to the arm barn because it's insensitive to cows. The what? Arm barn. You know where pitchers warm up? No longer can call it the bullpen because it's insensitive to cows. That's baloney. That's, you know what that is? That's clickbait. BS. (laughs) And if you don't know what that is, BS stands for call your mom. Okay. Well, that was a great show. Wonderful. Tomorrow, Friday, we did it. Nevada Day tomorrow. Woo. So we'll Halloween. have uh, we'll have a great show tomorrow too. Uh, you know where to find us. You know the places. Great to be with you. You're listening to What's Right Show with Sam and Ash.